everybody. Welcome to an actual episode of Fangirl Radio. I'm your host, Jessica Dwyer. We're actually not dead. We're back. <laughs> I don't know for how long, but we're back. <laughs> Enjoy us while you have us. Exactly. And as you can hear, my lovely and talented co-hostess with the mostest, Miss Barb Brees, is with me tonight. Hello. Hi, and- everybody. <laughs> And um, we are really excited um, and a little bit terrified. See what I did there? See what Mm -hmm. I did? I did that. I did that. Um, We are actually going to have Art the Clown himself, David Howard Thornton, joining us. The man behind Terrifier. Um, Terrifier is just really disturbing and creepy. And oh my God, what the shit did I just watch? I love it. That's why I love it. (laughs) That's pretty much the the uh, the good the reaction that you're supposed to have with Terrifier. What the shit did I just watch? <laughs> That's really. I, I don't know if if what it says about me as a person that I'm just like I can't get enough of it, and I just want to keep watching it over and over. And I might actually have like some like twisted little crush on oh. Art the Clown. Oh no, Barb, no. <laughs> I don't oh know, man. He just—he's like rubbing shit, me. Barb, what the shit? <laughs> you know, I love a man that can use a hacksaw. Oh, not just a hacksaw. He uses <laughs> the thing that got me. Okay, so there's going to be some spoilers with this, and when we bring uh, David on, I'm sure we're gonna, <laughs> there's no. Yeah, it's going to be insane. But the thing that got me, like, the thing that made me go, wow, my God, that's not in the rules, is when he pulled the gun out. And I'm like, oh, shit. Well, <laughs> damn, he don't care. It's it's like, he uses a gun. I mean, we haven't Why had, like, not, dude? It's no, like, just not like, just yeah. a slasher. He's just, he'll just blow you away. He don't care. <laughs> I love, I swear to God, if he were, like, right here, I'd just be like, yay. I'd be jumping on his lap, oh, pulling my. his little hat. Oh, <laughs> my god you have a problem it, i totally I, do you have to admit to this to david when he's on here you got you have to say it you have to oh say you know it. i will because yeah, i'm totally have like... no qualms with that <laughs> at all <laughs> oh it's a sickness this is a sickness it's hilarious I, I, yeah i um, need help you totally do need help i, I really 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 do <laughs> <laughs> he just creeped me out typically i'll find like a redeeming quality in one of these guys or something something there's nothing redeeming here he says creeps me the shit out and i don't want to i don't want to be around it <laughs> Wait, my favorite part it, it was him riding the tricycle i was just like when that oh. happened i was just like oh, oh yeah <laughs> that's funny that's your favorite i, I the thing that the oh thing my that god made me, i think thing that set it off was like i don't oh no is the, the bathroom what he did in the bathroom oh yeah I, yeah like, no. <laughs> oh, no that <laughs> might be the only thing that would turn me off to him because i'm not into like the whole yeah oh my god that was so wrong <laughs> and then he's sucking his thumb later and i'm like no don't. <laughs> Don't suck your thumb after that. Why? Why? Oh, uh, yeah. So, Terrifier will will mess you up. It's it's a f- ridiculous movie. It, there's just it's pretty though. That's the thing. I I really I want to bring this up too. Is um, 
we're saying all this now. We have we have a little bit to go before we bring him on, but I, I really love the look of that movie. It, it um it was a low budget horror film, of course, but they man it looked like a comic book in right. some part. Yeah. The the use of color in it is is brilliant. It's very giallo is another mm-hmm. way I'd describe it. Definitely, especially considering how one of the gr- the victims goes down in like the most painful sh- oh. <laughs> yeah there's nothing I know I can't with art I can't no <laughs> oh yeah I was watching it and I was just enamored with them and my husband's just like yeah um he's like say you about see your what husband he's doing <laughs> yeah he's like he's, he, you see what he's doing to people and you're like laughing at it and <laughs> I'm like totally I get, I'm just I, get like, I am like I get him I get him totally yes I, I I totally bonded with him. I'm like, he is my pickle. <laughs> you say he's your pickle. He's your pickle. Art the he's clown. My, you know. I, oh my god. But I, I I'm with but you. With- we're getting a whole look into you that I have never. I didn't expect. I did not expect. I, you know, it kind of it brought out a side of me that I knew was there, but it's been very <laughs> hidden. Jesus, did Bozo did Bozo have an effect on you as a child? Um, we're gonna start psychoanalyzing this shit because this is this is hilarious. You know, Bozo. I wasn't a Bozo girl, but I was a Cookie girl. Wasn't that the name of his little sidekick? Oh, I don't oh Clement, Clem, no. Oh, Clem, Clarabelle. There was Clarabelle. Clarabelle was the silent clown, right? I think I so. Yeah. Oh my god. Anyway, we'll have plenty of clown talk later <laughs> when we prank David. <laughs> this poor guy has no idea what's in store. Oh my god! He's, yeah. Now <laughs> I will say this: I've seen him play the Joker now, mm-hmm. and I will. I would go for the Joker. The, the the Joker. He has no idea. Oh my god! He won't even know what's up with him. I know. Yes. No. <laughs> I, I hope the name of the show is a warning for him to be aware. Because we like our skinny kind of, you know, we know they're nerd guys. We like them on this show. We bring love. Exactly. We bring love. We are love for these guys. And he's great. He's a complete geek. I've seen stuff. I know he's a geek. And if you go on YouTube, thanks to Barb, I know this now, you can see him perform the monologue from The Killing Joke. And it brilliant. is brilliant. He does a yes. messing together of the Mark Hamill Joker in the voice and he just, and, and the comic book Joker. And there's a, he, he does a nice little meshing together of them all. And it's mm-hmm. beautiful. It does it just it's perfect. Perfect. So, yeah. We need to petition to get him into the role of the Joker and tell Jared Leto just to fuck off and, <laughs> oh <my God. laughs> and, and put David in the role because da- I think David was like born to be he the Joker. Can bring that, he can bring that brutal. After, if you see Terrifier, you know that he can, he just, he just make a brilliant, just psychotic, you know who he'd be perfect for if they ever did like the death of the family. He'd be amazing for that. Oh yeah, yes I'm, he would. He totally because that's a psycho nut job Joker. 
Right. He would Ooh. be fantastic for that. Um, before we bring David on and scare him for life, <laughs> we're going to destroy this poor child. Uh, I say child. He's like five years younger than me. Um, good news for those of us who love our beautiful psychopaths. Um, Lucifer has been saved. Woohoo! Lucifer was picked up by Netflix for season four. Is oh. this where we can like inge- interject like a praise Jeebus type of? Yes. <laughs> yeah. No, I, praise I, Jeebus. This is uh, what's so great about this. What's so beautiful about Lucifer getting this, um, you know, pickup is the fact that it's completely because of fans. Exactly. It, it, Totally was a fan thing. Save Lucifer was the hashtag on Twitter. Tom Ellis was totally behind it too, which I loved. He was out mm-hmm. there. He was comp- campaigning. He was pushing it. Everybody was pushing it because if you watch the last episodes, and the fu- the finale was great. I mean, amazing, and it left a massive cliffhanger because Chloe sees Lucifer for who he really is mm-hmm. for the first time, and she right. gets it. Well, then they did a thing where it's like, well, we feel bad that we took away your show, so we're going to give you these two free episodes that we filmed and we're going to show. Out of order. Out of order completely. It's like, oh, well, thanks, Fox. You did that same exact thing with Firefly to the detriment of the show that you played the third episode first. Right. No freaking sense. But the last episode of Lucifer what was so brilliant about it was Neil Gaiman was the voice of God. Oh, really? Yeah. It was brilliant. It was a uh, episode. Just, it was out of left field and it starts and you're like, what the hell is going on? And it's what would have happened if things had just gone, if one thing had changed, would people still find each other if they were meant to? And so in this this episode showed what would have happened. It was like a, a complete what if episode. And it was what would have happened if Chloe's dad hadn't died. Huh. And if the bullet had only been, it had been only an inch different from where it landed when he got shot. And what happens is Chloe stays an actress, not a cop, but she plays a cop in the movies. And so she's got like this series of films and Lucifer's still in LA. He's still there. Mm-hmm. And it's a brilliant episode because at the end of the day, they still end up meeting each other and becoming friends. And Chloe still decides that she's going to become a cop instead of an actress at the end. It's it's beautifully done. And Neil Gaiman, of course, does this beautiful uh, uh, voiceover for the whole thing. And it's great. I love it. Oh, wow. Yeah. So it it was a great episode. And, And it just added to the, well, damn... Why is this, why are they taking this show away, you know? Right. And and people, and it was obviously a bad choice on Fox's part. And so now Netflix is like, nope, we'll take it. Yay, Netflix. Yay, Netflix. So that's interesting because it's the first DC series on Netflix. Think oh, about cool. that. Think about yeah. that because DC doesn't, it, the C, I'm surprised the CW didn't grab it, but Netflix you know, the home of the Marvel, D, you know, TV verse basically right. is now going to have a DC series. So I find that really interesting. And who knows, thanks to certain things that happen in the, in the last couple of episodes of Lucifer, we might be getting 
we could see this turn into maybe bringing some more Neil Gaiman characters into shows. Nice. Sandman. (laughs) (laughs) Somebody had also mentioned that it opens up maybe for... Hannibal to resurface. That's that's the other one. And and Brian Fuller is still out there campaigning for that too. And I would love to see more Hannibal. I mean, I don't oh think yeah. Because the, the we know what the plan was was to go into the Silence of the Lambs and to bring Ellen Page in as Clary Starling. That was what Brian Fuller wanted to do. Mm-hmm. So uh that would be fantastic. I, I would oh, be yeah. all about that. Absolutely. Um, so as of about we're going to go into a little bit of a horrible place now before we go into the not so horrible place, apparently for Barb, (laughs) 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 but right now there is, um, today something happened that, um, is reverberating through geekdom period. Nerddom geekdom. Everybody is being affected by this because of who's involved and what's going on in our in our world right now. And that is uh, Chris Hardwick has um, is having a very bad day. Yes, he is. But apparently not as bad as the days that his ex-girlfriend had. Uh, so Chloe Dykstra has posted, you know, today we have this massive movement, the Me Too movement that's going on. And... Um, so today, an uh, article that Chloe Dykstra wrote about, she doesn't name him in it. It doesn't, he, she never says his name, but everyone knows who it is she's talking about because of the description of his career, who he is, and, 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 and the amount of time and all of that. So everyone knows who it is. So it was no big surprise when you found out that it was Chris Hardwick that she's talking about. And so um, the, the piece that she wrote details three years of a horrible 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 relationship and things that happened to her that were done to her assault um just horrible stuff it's definitely everybody's been like told if you read this you're probably going to have a if you and you've had um abuse or some sort of horrible thing happen to you in the past this is probably going to trigger you so be aware when you read it yeah they put they even had a disclaimer yeah, about it's, what the content. It's pretty damn brutal. It's really, really, really brutal. And um, uh, of course, you know, everybody's like, wait until we hear the other side and all of that. And so, you know, I'm. That's how fair it, we have to be. We'll hear about the other side, but you know, it's the thing that gets me in in her article, and the the fact that she posted this is you don't normally post something with this much detail in this sort of, you know, character disparagement without having some sort of proof because you're going to be sued to death. Mm -hmm. And at the end of the article, she says, I have audio and video to corroborate a lot of this and witnesses. Um, And then she also, the, the thing that got me, is the part where she talks about her her uh, that dangerous ectopic? I can never say this word word ectopic pregnancy. Yeah, and what what the response was to when her with her mother there, the question was, 
when can I have sex with her again? Not when is she going to be okay? When, how is she doing? Blah, blah, blah. So shit. Yeah. That's my work well, today. I blame, I blame, I blame terrifier for me. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, this is horrible. And yeah. It's horrible for and, everyone involved. And it's kind of unexpected, but you and I were talking before we started taping, you know, um, you see Chris Hardwick on the talking dead and he seems like the guy next door and everybody wants to be his buddy. And he's just so warm and engaging. But like I said, I've always thought he was kind of smarmy. I can see where when she was mentioning kind of like how he was friends with people that could like boost his career because he seemed to kind of, really rub elbows with the celebrity friends he had. And quite honestly, um, I didn't know Chris Hardwick from Adam before, you know, once Talking Dead began, I'm like, oh, I recognized him only from his... uh, Dead on MTV. (laughs) Yeah, that's the only thing I recognized him from. So I'm just like, so he went from like some stupid game show host gig with Jenny McCarthy, like setting up little MTVers back in the day to like being this guy that you're welcoming into your living room once a week to catch you up to speed on, you know, your popular TV show or whatever. More than um, once a week at this point. Oh, yeah. He's got yeah. like seven, seven of those. And then he's got a, t- a game show too now that he's doing. So yeah, it's. It, it's I here's the sad thing. I had this love hate thing with Chris Hardwick because I wanted his career, yeah, so badly that he did everything that I wanted to do and and want to do. And I, but I also, I'm like, hey, you bastard, you don't deserve. It. And then, <laughs> but at the same time, I'm like, he busted his ass to get where he was, and you know he he does it. He, he got it, you know? And the other part of it was when he did this, he was over 40 years old. Oh, he, wow. I didn't know. That yeah. He, was... he, he's not, he's like, uh, actually now I want to know how old he is because it's, um, because that was the big thing too, within this, uh, article that she wrote, you find, you know, she talks about the fact that, um, she's actually 20 years he's 20 years older than her Mm -hmm. and so that was a big thing people were talking about the age difference and she even says something about jokingly about her daddy issues and everything but you know yeah he's actually uh 40 47 years old oh wow he looks a lot younger than that. Yeah, he acts like it too. Yeah, but he he was born in 1971, so he's actually older than me by four years. Mm. So he's 47. I turned 43 this month. So um, so yeah, I'm like this guy's really you hadn't heard about Chris Hardwick except for in the last seven seven or eight years. So he he started getting this all going with Nerdist, not you know, really late in life. So it's kind of impress. It's impressive. And I was like, you know, that he, he busted his ass for this. Right. So I, and, and now you, in, in this article, you kind of, it makes it believable to me in a way because he's very, what, what you take away from this article is he's super, super controlling. Mm -hmm. And, um, 
if it, you know if like i said this we can't we can't take it without hearing the other side we know somebody, he's going to have to make a statement about it or something so um but what that's what you get from from that article is it's a control thing and that type of of psychology that's how people you know you really have to be determined and you're very and that's how you get success Mm -hmm. that that quickly and that big yeah he just blew with it it's like within the last like seven or eight years that's when people started hearing about him Mm -hmm. so now it's just become a bloodbath online um as of today just twitter has just exploded it's trending everywhere. You have Will Wheaton, who is saying that Chris Hardwick is his best friend, now having, you know, he's like a man that, you know, like Wheaton, a lot of people are like, he's one of these biggest feminists around, and now he's got to deal with this. Oh, wow. Because he's connected to Chris uh, and right. saying that he's his best friend. So, he, typically, he's the fir- one of the first guys to go out and say, to hell with this this man is you know in the me too movement you know protect the victim protect the victim and it's Mm -hmm. interesting because now it's hit home really close and he's got to deal with that yeah and um he's taking a moment to figure out what he wants to say about it so it's and it's just getting ugly like people are attacking chloe dykstra people are attacking chris hardwick um people are just it's just horrible and it's it's really interesting because people thought he was you know you don't expect this at least if you look at him because i've always i've always described him as very vanilla um (laughs) but he's just he's got like that whole frat bro thing the whole you know the guys were like you know yeah we're buddies and you just never expected that to hear something like that oh, about and just him. That, yeah, just some of the stuff that's, that she said and described. And it's just like, holy crap, really? Yeah. And so, yeah. So now it's turned just, we already were having some issues within the world of nerds and geeks and everything. And it's just become worse now. And exactly. uh, I was talking to someone today about it. And um, they said, the Walking Dead's already got enough issues right now. It didn't need this. Because uh, yeah. he's tied to the show and because of the talking, thanks to AMC having 18 million Chris Hardwick talk shows and mm-hmm. two of them being Walking Dead and that being the start of it. So it's, yeah. he, he's in, ex, you know, he's tied to that show. So it's, it's a, it's an ugly, ugly thing. And uh, yeah, it's, AMC hasn't made a statement yet. Now the big thing is the timing of this is probably not an accident because next month is San Diego Comic-Con. Ah. Where he's basically the king. Right. And um, he is everywhere. He moderates the biggest panels of that show. He has um, the big event that he always, he's always part of. Um, the big, uh, well, what's it called? The Nerdist. Is it the Nerdist event? Is it a Nerdist event? I can't remember. He does something there where he hosts and has like, um, it's always usually Doctor Who people. And the thing that I found interesting, 
speaking of Doctor Who, because they've announced that the new cast is going to be there and the new female doctor is going to be there, mm-hmm. which this new thing is all about women power and all of that. And you have female Doctor Who now. Are you going to have Chris Hardwick be the guy at this point with what's going on with him and what's being said about him and all this? Are you going to have him be the moderator for the Doctor Who panel where the first female doctor's there? I don't think that would go over so well. I don't think so either. (laughs) But he's already been tied to it. They've already said he's the moderator for it. Okay. So is that going to change? What about the top? They've already said that he's going to be doing the Walking Dead panel. That was announced too. So now you've got this hitting within a month of that happening. So you got to wonder yeah. what's going to happen. You got they and and now we've already got um, the Nerdist, which he apparently sold off to another company. Um, that has they've they sort of, wiped him. They wiped him off from, of it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they've wiped him away. They've disavowed him to the point of making a statement that he hasn't had anything to do with that um, company in two years prior to them buying it so that they're saying we haven't had anything to do with him since 2015. So it's, it's like, wow, this happened within five hours of that um, going up. Like it was fast. It'll be interesting to see how it all plays out. Yeah. And it's just so it sucks. Yeah. You know, as much as I've always said, damn you Hardwick, blah, blah, blah. It sucks. Yeah. Because it's not just him that's affected. Yeah. It's not just Chloe that's affected. There are going to be a lot of people affected by this. And, you know, it just, it like you said, it just sucks. It sucks that it's happened. But, you know, and, and we're in that freaking day and time of these things going on. Yeah. So, and, and I mean. It just sucks finding out, you know, that. It's like, uh, is there anybody decent left other than Tom Hanks? Exactly. <laughs> I mean, I mean it's always the people that you that you least expect of, of this behavior. But I mean, I wasn't the whole Kevin Spacey thing got me. Mm-hmm. Because he, you uh, know, you he just you hadn't real. I ah, man, it just sucks. That and, you know, then you see, like, you hear about Morgan Freeman, but then you see him, like, being kind of creepy. And yeah, you're just and then like, you, then oh. you see it and you're like, oh, shit. Yeah. Oh. So it just, it, yeah, it just, it kind of, I don't know. It's just, it's disappointing, to say the least. I know that's a weak it, word it, to, well, to it, describe it, it. No, it's, it's, it's good. It's, it's good. It's a good word for it, but it's also like. At the same time, it's good that we know. Yeah. But at the same time, it's like, shit. We just got better at hiding it. Exactly. That's That's what it is. We just got better at hiding things. Now, like I said, we don't know all the details and, but my, my thing that I take away from what she posted and what she wrote is you don't post or write things like that. Without, you know, because you're going to get sued and you're going to get sued hard if. Yeah. But if you have proof and you have, like she says she has, 
Yeah. Unless you're the president, and then you can get away with it. Oh, exactly. Because <laughs> <laughs> we had to go. We had to go uh. political with this. Okay, so let's talk about happy things like <laughs> cutting people in half with a chainsaw. Oh my god. Okay, so I'm going. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to go get our special guest, kid. So wait one minute. Yay! <laughs> God. God help us all. <laughs> he's uh, given up on us. You know that. <laughs> no, he's still waiting. Around. Okay, here he comes. Behave, Barb. <laughs> I'll try. I'm not promising anything. <laughs> Hello. Hello, is this David? Yeah, it's me. I'll turn my oh. video off. <laughs> okay. uh, you know what? Barb will be okay with that, and I will be too. <laughs> uh, no. If you'd only heard the first half of this episode, oh my gosh. <laughs> you would be disconnecting right now. Yeah, You'd be you like, would oh, be disconnecting no, right now. I don't want to do this. Why did I choose this? Why did I say yes? <laughs> Okay, so um, I'm going to do a quick countdown, and then I'll announce you. We've already told everybody we're going to grab you. We're not live. We're just recording, so yeah. we're good. <laughs> cool, cool, oh, cool. boy. This is going to be fun. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, three, two, one. So, everybody, I want to welcome our special guest who has no idea what he's walking into, Mr. <laughs> David Howard Thornton, the star Terrifier. <laughs> Hi, David. <laughs> How are you doing? I'm doing well, and please, please don't be afraid of Barb. She can't crawl through the phone or... I can't bite through it. it. It's all good. <laughs> yes, Barb has special feelings for Art the Clown, apparently, that I wasn't aware of. <laughs> um, boy. We all have a dark side, Jessica. Don't you judge me. I'm not judging at all. I'm staying far away from you over here on my side of the country. So, David, thank you for coming on the show. We appreciate you coming on. And I, I, I don't even know where to begin. I, um, yeah, Art the Clown. <laughs> Art the Clown is a very interesting. <laughs> So I got to start off with, how did you get, this is like always that base question, but uh, how did you get involved with this project? And what did you think when they told you some of the things that you would be doing in this movie? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, um, I originally got the audition off of, I, I came across a, uh, uh, a posting on this website called Actors Access that a lot of actors use. And I, they were looking for a tall, skinny guy with uh, clowning or physical comedy experience to play the quote-unquote role of a lifetime. And I, thought, <laughs> yeah, I was like, oh, well, that sounds like me. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, sweet, cool. And I thought it was also Art the Clown. I'm like, oh, wait, the, the name sounds familiar. So I was like, I think I know this character. And I looked it up. I'm like, oh, yeah, I remember that, you know, All Hell's Eve. I'm like, yeah, yeah, totally. Right. And, and I, I contacted my agents immediately. I'm like, please submit me for this. And they did. And 
went in there the audition and it was one of the most unique auditions i've probably ever had in my life it was um i gotta know (laughs) oh yeah i wasn't given a script or anything so i'm in there all these other people auditioning for other roles and i'm sitting there they all have scripts and i'm like looking around the room and like um uh uh well you don't have any lines yeah but i didn't realize all of that at first and i was like okay so i go in the room like so everybody else had scripts up there and they're like yeah no no, you don't need one i'm like i i don't like no like well what, what do you want me to do they're like, oh, just um, come up with a scene off the top of your head where you uh, behead a guy. I'm like, nice. <laughs> okay, can I have a few minutes? They're like, no, no, just go ahead and just do it. I'm like, okay, B. <laughs> <laughs> and this is where I think it's very valuable skill for every actor to be able to do improv because I had to improv a scene right off the top of my head right there in the moment. And What I did, I did some kind of like cartoonish Jim Carrey type of sneaking up behind my victim, knocking him on the head, taking out a hacksaw, sawing off his head, picking up the head and like tasting it with my finger. I'm like, oh no, that doesn't taste good. So I put salt on it, (laughs) start salting it. And I throw the salt shaker away, and I'm like, taste it again. I'm like, oh, I was going to give a thumbs up and toss the head in my bag, and I just skip out on my merry way. Oh, that's awesome. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's basically the reaction I got, too, is like, I I think Phil, our producer, had his head on the the table laughing, and Damien's like, wow, wow, (laughs) that was awesome. They're like, can you come in for a makeup test? I'm like, yeah, sure. (laughs) Oh, my God. God, You're so my people. That is so (laughs) freaking cool. (laughs) That is fantastic. I'm just like picturing it in my head. So, yeah, what I'm picturing is just it's brilliant. Awesome. (laughs) It's it's that's what was in my head that day. (laughs) That was what was on the head that day. Yeah. So, um, uh, Barbara, I know you have questions. I have to ask. I, do. I, I have to ask, though, um, because I, you reminded me, and, and I, we're friends with Doug Jones. Doug is one of the, our buddies on the show. Oh, he's he's my fantastic. God. I would love to meet him. He is like one of my big sources of inspiration. Well, and oh, that's God. what I was going to say was you reminded me a lot of him as you played this, and there had to be some sort of miming experience that you've had and and training because that came through oh yeah i I grew up doing a lot of children's theater starting out back in my hometown of huntsville alabama so i did a lot of like children's theater is usually very physical especially because kids are very visual so they they love physical comedy and slapstick so that's where i got started i also grew up just watching the greats back in the day like well you know Chaplin, Buster Keaton, like, um, of course, even like Rowan Atkinson's a huge influence and stuff like that as well as Jim Carrey. But I would say like my biggest, like the person that really helped me fine tune everything is uh, Stefan Carl, who um, you might know as Robbie Rotten from the show Lazy Town. It's, oh, yeah. 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 I was his understudy for five years uh, as the Grinch. 
on the national tour of How the Grinch Stole Christmas, the musical. Oh my god! Yeah. So I like I got to learn from one of the best in the business, if not the best, at physical comedy. I mean, the man is a human cartoon character. It's just like he does his own like um, sound effects, everything. He's just amazing. He's got mastery over his body, and. So I just, you know, five years of just digesting everything he was doing, you know, it just, he was a huge influence on me. Oh, that's fantastic. So, so I, I, I kind of put all of that in my head and just like mixed it all up and took a little bit, you know, from Robert England's portrayal of Freddy Krueger and a little bit of Jason, a little bit of Mike Myers in there and just, you know, hit frappe in my mental blender. <laughs> It came apart. <laughs> That's amazing. And I can hear Barb sign wantonly over in the corner. <laughs> <laughs> you frappéed Robert England. <laughs> <laughs> you know, as you do. I'm so glad I'm not drinking anything right now, Jess, because it's going to be all over the place. <laughs> I drink your milkshake. <laughs> <laughs> God. Okay, Barb, go for it. I'm going to give it All over right. to you. <laughs> oh, okay. I'll be, try to be behave. good. <laughs> All right. Well, I just wanted to say, because I have to bring him up, but you, in, in your portrayal of art, you're like the horror version of Tom Hardy with the way you can communicate just <laughs> so much with your eyes and just your physicality. It's, it's amazing. Um, I found you... You know, to be both terrifying and charming and amusing. And I was telling Jessica, I'm like, I'm laughing at things I shouldn't be laughing at. <laughs> but I, I'm just like, oh, my God. I'm like, I think I, I have, like, some kind of weird crush on the clown man. <laughs> I'm like, yay. Oh, God. It's not, it's not the first time I've heard that. <laughs> that well, I, I'm glad I'm not the only one, I think. <laughs> I wish I had I don't realized know. this back in high school and college when I wasn't <laughs> getting any action. It was just... <laughs> All it took it, was it clown makeup. It, like, ah. you know, I, I think it's the hat, too. That little hat off to the put off to the side of your head. It's just oh, yeah. it adds my to the charm. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. But I also wanted to ask you, in all seriousness, um, you're known for your voiceover work. So I was wondering how hard it was for you to play a nonverbal role. It was it was definitely a challenge because that has always been my uh, crutch that I've always leaned upon as an actor is my vocal skills because I I kind of e e egotistically like pride myself in never using the same voice twice in any role I play. Mm -hmm. And so that's always been my thing, voices. And this took away all of that. Right. And, but that, that's where I'm, I'm grateful that I have that experience watching the old silent films in, or like Mr. Bean and stuff. Because, you know, especially back then when they didn't have sound, they had to convey emotion and intent purely with physicality. Right. And that's uh, how it conveys everything, too. You did a brilliant job because, I, like I said, I'm just, I could watch you as art forever because you were just, you captivated, you totally captivated me. Oh, um, 
Yeah, I just I think you did a brilliant job and I am I'm a complete fan and um I would like I would like to see more about more with art. Um are you working is there any kind of sequel or standalone mm-hmm. film with art in the works currently or Currently, yes. Um uh Damien right now is writing the rough draft for the sequel. Oh, nice. Yeah, he's still working a day job like I am, so it's just like when he has time, he, he he's writing. So he, he keeps a book with him basically at all times, just like ideas that he comes up with for you know future things in the films. And we're always like messaging each other back and forth, like little ideas we come up with. Like someone might tick me off out in the street or something like one day, and I think of <laughs> like, I think of a fun way to kill that person, and I'm like, right. hey, <laughs> I got an idea. Nice. <laughs> very cathartic. Revving their car outside. What if... <laughs> dot, dot, dot. <laughs> like, oh, my like, God. That's funny. Uh, so I have to ask about um, just... Oh my God. There's so many things about this movie that just made me freaked out. But... <laughs> Just I was just studying the one thing I was we were just talking before uh, before we brought you on about was the fact that art doesn't play by the rules in terms of being a slasher, quote unquote, because when you whipped out the gun, I'm like, holy crap, (laughs) he uses a gun. This isn't fair. <laughs> Where did this come from? Always love and war. Yes. (laughs) It's just like it's. It's like, why wouldn't he, you know? It's just like, that's... Art is kind of like, you know, a murderous MacGyver in a lot of ways. He's going <laughs> to eat whatever he can to come out on top. He might not like it, but he'll do it. It's just like, and uh, the gun is his contingency plan. Yeah, he didn't look too happy having yeah. to use it. I'm, I'm glad you noticed that. <laughs> yeah, he was like, uh, this is boring. Bam, bam. Uh. <laughs> that was my thinking there. Is like Art's pissed off that he's having to resort to this measure. It's like, because all the other kills, he's having a blast. He's having fun. It's just he like. He doesn't hey. play with the guts as much when he yeah. has to just shoot. Exactly. Yeah. It takes all the fun out of it for him. It's just like, he, that was just, he, he had it. He was just like, fine, okay, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> But the the other thing too that I noticed in this movie, and I thought that was was very interesting and and freak you know freaked me out is, and it always does, and it's something I see Del, Guillermo del Toro do a lot is you just go after faces, mm-hmm. you destroy faces in this movie, and and it begins at the beginning with the talk show guest, and then we see just art just does not like faces. No, he doesn't. I'm glad you noticed that, too. It's like, I don't know if Damien's going to delve into that more in the sequels, but then, you know, that's, that's actually something I've really contemplated a lot myself. It's like, why is he always going after people's faces? What's the reason? There's got to be some psychological reason behind that. Yeah, and, and that's one thing, like, I've, I, I, uh, I, I'll go back to Guillermo del Toro because he's amazing, but, uh, he's, he's the God. Um, but that's one thing it's, it's where you have your identity and Mm -hmm. that's why it's so scary and, and, and just makes you cringe when you see people, not only that, but it's just gross, but, (laughs) but it, that's the thing with, with like what happens in the movie with the, the, the guest, you know, the, the talk Mm -hmm. show guest, 
she loses who she is completely. Yeah. And, and, and there's no, there's no identity left on her and she's just become a victim. You know, she becomes in a way art because of what she ends up doing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And, and she's lost herself to that. And it, it's, it, that's one of the most terrifying parts of the movie to me. Yeah. <laughs> You're very astute. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I, I just, I, I, I or, or disturbed. Is word for <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, I, uh, yeah, it's, there's a lot of, and the other thing we were talking about, um, and Barb, Please feel free to butt in and let and and, and ask questions if I'm oh, hogging okay. our our beautiful. Oh no no no! <laughs> you are fine. Water. Oh. <laughs> oh god! But but um, the other thing we were talking about was the look of the movie and how mm-hmm. color plays into it and how I I just really played out to me like it almost looked like a comic book because there was mm-hmm. some reds there was greens and art is black and white within yeah. this whole thing. So was that was that purposeful by uh, by you guys, or was did you want to go for that look? Was that something that was because it was yeah. very giallo too? Oh yeah, definitely. So that's that's something you know Damien intentionally did. Is it also he was he also we I mean we filmed it on red camera, but we downgraded the film quality to throw back to the older grindhousey like slasher films from back in the seventies and eighties too. Right. So yeah, I, I totally picked up uh, on the grindhouse feel too. Oh yeah. Yeah. We intentionally did all of that. It's like, cause I, I know some people are like, Oh, this looks low quality. Like, yeah, we did that on purpose. <laughs> <laughs> we wanted it to look grainy. No, exactly. really we did. <laughs> exactly. That's, that's the whole point of it is because it's I, I look at this as a, a love letter to uh, the fans as of, of the heart of the slasher genre is just like, mm-hmm. yeah, there's not a complex plot. There are hokey characters. They do stupid things. Yeah, it's that's you know, it's a slasher film for you. And that is a love letter to that. Fantastic. Well, speaking <laughs> of slashers. Um, are you in general a horror fan? And if so, what? Who is your favorite horror icon? Oh yes, I very much am. Um, I was kind of uh, late to the game though because growing up, my mom was terrified of horror films. She mm-hmm. she thought Hall the Fall of the House of Usher was a very terrifying film. So. Oh wow, <laughs> yeah. the Vincent Price one. My mom was a chick. <laughs> <laughs> when it came to horror films. And so that kind of like influenced me as a kid too. So I didn't watch horror films until my senior year of high school when Scream 2 came out, which oh, is wow. me. But, um, but. <laughs> already talking about my AIDS. I'm yeah. old. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, my friends dragged me out to see it. It's like, hey, come on, man. Was, we had just finished doing a show that night. Like Everybody was going to, like, you got to come with us. I'm like, okay, fine, fine. And I was I was like, this is fun. And I, I, mean, I figured out who the killers were, like, right from the get-go. I was like, oh, it's obvious this person and this person. And I was like, how the hell did you? I'm like, it's just obvious. <laughs> <laughs> It's like, yeah, you know, you know, the, the, the killer runs like a girl. <laughs> they're like, <laughs> and they're like, what? I'm like, watch, it's going to be the mom. <laughs> it's just like, yeah, it, it's that kind of stuff. And I, I, after that, I just started binge watching horror films, especially when I got to college. 
on, on the weekends. Like my roommate Chad and I would just go to the movie gallery and like just get a pile of tapes and watch them all. So yeah, that's when I really became a fan. But I, as like my favorite, I would say um, it's probably probably Freddy Krueger. Chucky comes as a close second. Michael Myers third. Are you excited for the new Halloween? Oh yeah. To come out? Have that's you seen the trailer? So happy I was. Yeah. Easter <laughs> <I had laughs> eggs and everything in there, and it's it's just great to see you know Jamie Lee Curtis come back, and you know, it's like it, it looks like this is gonna be this is gonna be fun. She's like absolutely a nice badass character, and I'm I'm happy to see that. So I got to go oh, on the yeah. set of that movie. Oh, I'm jealous. And it was. <laughs> amazing and i got that scene in the trailer this isn't being spoilery that scene in the trailer where you see michael in the closet i got to watch them film that (gasps) no you didn't that is i'll just tell you it doesn't end well for her oh of course (laughs) it's not in well for her but um what's cool about the movie is um, I can't believe we're talking about Halloween. We got him on here. But, <laughs> but, but what's cool about the Halloween movie I like is that they actually have the original actor who played the shape. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Nick Castleback. But his he's co-starring as a, um, another actor who is of the same age is playing Michael as well for some yeah. of the more brutal like uh, scenes where there's like stunt work involved, yeah. Mm-hmm. But they're both the sa- the right age to play him, and they're doing that. And the the cool the thing that that was crazy was this this will this will entertain you. Um, when we were interviewing the guy that plays him, and I'm, I'm blanking on the the actor's name, and I apologize for that, but he goes, "I actually know what it is how how you kill somebody with a knife." And I'm we're like, "Oh, we're like <laughs> what?" And he goes, <laughs> he goes. And I'm, I'm like, because I'm sitting right next to the dude. And I'm like, what the shit? And, yeah. um, and he goes, no, I um, I wrote the, he wrote a book, I guess, um, the actor. He wrote a book and he lived with a mob hitman, an actual oh. mob hit guy for m- some months. And he wrote a book about this guy. And the guy described to him how it was to kill someone with a knife and, and what happens and what it's like. And it's like, I'm sitting there. Wow. Listening to him say this, and I'm just like, um, I'm even more terrified of you now than Michael Myers. <laughs> yeah. You you're just blasely talking about, yeah, well, this is what the sound it makes, and this is what happened. Oh shit. Then <laughs> <laughs> the blood spurts this direction. Yeah. <laughs> so it was it was totally like creepy, and he's just calmly talking about that. And I'm like, oh my god. Yeah. So yeah. <laughs> well, I haven't had that experience. <laughs> I would think that's a good thing. I would I would just yeah, I'd say that. No, I have I have taken a sledgehammer to a deer heart when I was a kid. Oh what? Yeah. Oh. Yeah, this is this is I'm originally from Alabama. So <laughs> is this, <laughs> this a rite of passage that we yeah. didn't know about? <laughs> just what you do. <laughs> no, this is uh, like every year uh, for Thanksgiving, my family would have our family reunion on my great uncle's farm in like lower Alabama. And one day there was a deer heart hanging up in the, the barn and my cousins and I, I think I was maybe like eight or nine years old at the time. And we see it there and there's a stump and there's a sledgehammer nearby. 
And this is right right after I had been introduced to the, the comedian Gallagher. So, oh, God. Like, hey, I've what got an idea. Watch this. And I just take the deer heart and... Oh. <laughs> just goes all over of course, we go running into our parents and stuff like they see all of us covered in blood and they all start freaking out. Oh my God. And then they blame you. Deer, it's a deer heart. Oh my God. Uh, if we had only known back then what I was going to become. <laughs> well, I know, I know one thing I want to ask you about because um, we're about to wrap up, but I wanted mm-hmm. to ask you about this because uh, uh, we are both Barb and I are both fans, and I'll I'll get on this bandwagon about this clown that we that we both mm-hmm. like, and that is the Joker. Oh, and, yes. and you are amazing. amazing. <laughs> <laughs> you flatter me way too much. Uh, <laughs> I need a moment. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> What's wrong with you? Uh, Barbie, okay? All right. (laughs) I'm okay. (laughs) She's perfectly my type. Out of the way, Holly. There you go, Barbie. Okay. I am. Oh, uh, so we agree. <laughs> we agree that you should be the Joker in the and death of the family movie. Oh God, I would love that. That is like, that is a dream of mine. Yes. Death of the family. Oh my God. That is like, oh my God. I love that. That I read that whole thing a few times right before I started filming uh, Nightwing Escalation because that really gets into like Joker's psychology of his attachment to Batman. I was like, oh, this is it. It's like when the whole bit in there where it has a whole thing where Batman says like he has this look in his eyes, and there's only the one time I've ever seen that is like when someone's in love. Oh, and he only looks at Batman that way. Like you know, it's like. Oh, that's great! <laughs> I was like, "That's interesting," because he has that that look in his eye. I'm like, "Oh, that's that's fantastic!" And says, "Oh, I would love, I would that, that's such a, it's such a great Joker story. I would love to do that." I, 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 I we we've decided that you're cast. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> your cat, and we're going to go like throw Jared Leto into a he, river somewhere. I, and- <laughs> like I said, fuck Jared Leto. Who yes. is he? No, we don't need him. We have Just you. get Kevin Smith. Get him to write something really good. Get him, him and Paul Dini teamed up together, and I'll do it. <laughs> awesome. Good. There, Barb. We have a plan. All right. <laughs> we have a plan to make this happen. Well, David, thank you so much, and um, this was just so much freaking fun. Yes. And I think Barb's okay. I think she's, I think she's okay. <laughs> I will live. She's she's all right. She's got water and a towel and and a yeah, she's good. <laughs> you have to bring out smelling salts. Yeah, you, you had the papers. <laughs> Ooh, we, would, we would love to have you back. And absolutely. Definitely. 
Awesome. And um, yeah, and at some point again, we are going to do this. I'm going to do this again, Barb. In the past, we have done Halloween specials mm-hmm. where we do an actual, I, I write a script and we do like an audio thing. And in the past, we've had some really amazing guests. Like the first time we did it and, and inadvertently, we recreated the Cornetto trilogy. I didn't realize I was doing it. With what the first one was about zombies, the second one was about aliens, and the third one turned into a Cthulhu meets Scooby Doo. Oh, <laughs> like whoa! <laughs> oh my God, we couldn't so use him. <laughs> but but the first the first one we had we had Greg Nicotero on and um. Oh, Al- ah. Alexander Philip and Alexander Philippe, who who mm-hmm. directed the Doc of the Dead with uh, the George Romero documentary oh. and zombie documentary, let us kill him on the air with zombies. It was fantastic. Oh, how much fun! And, but the 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 one the one that really stands out for us was the Scooby Doo one because Doug Jones was on as oh. a guest. How much and, fun! And Mark Meir, who is fantastic, and you guys would get along like a house on fire. He's the voice yes. of Commander Shepard in the oh, Mass Effect. Of course, case. yes. And uh, he was our bad guy. And oh, that's so, awesome. And Doug was Doug because every Scooby Doo episode had to have a special guest star. Oh yeah, so, I know. The, you know the, the Don Knotts character. I knew you were going to say that. <laughs> <laughs> But you, I, we would love to have you as part of that if if we ever be able to get the time together to do it again. God, that would be so much fun. Yeah, it was yes. so it was a blast. And um, even though that one almost killed me because I was editing it up into two hours before I had to turn it in, <laughs> but it it was a blast. And you you're just fun as hell. So we would love yeah. to have you. Ah, thank you. This is this has been so much fun. Anyway, <laughs> yay yay. yay. Well, thank you guys again, and um, I hope you guys enjoyed us and our crazy clown. Uh, what would, would, would clown? What would you call this, Barb? It's not a phobia. It's the opposite. Uh, infatuation with a some, in, yeah. infatuation. Cl- would it be fart clown love? <laughs> I don't know. I There's got to be a word for it. There's got to be something. <laughs> Moria? I don't know. It, it, uh, I don't e- know. Everything I'm coming up with is, I think, is too dirty to broadcast. So yeah, I'll no, just keep it not myself. Yeah. Well, guys. Well, everyone, we apologize for Barb and myself. Yeah. And and yes, and uh, <laughs> thank you so much for listening. And we will hopefully be back next week on Facebook. Yay! Yeah. Yay! Thank you, thank you.